All right, man. So right. let's get let's get things started, man. Are you ready? Yeah, sure. All right, ready. let's do this. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Lone Wolf Podcast. I'm your host, Wolfson, and today we got a special guest in the building all the way from Europe. I still don't know where this part of Europe he's from because I forgot to ask him, wait, what part of Europe you're from? But I'm pretty sure it's like nighttime over there. We're doing this as early as possible so we could get our days going, man. Please say hello to the Nets up and coming producer from the base community, Nevjets. Nevjets? Nevjets. God damn. How? Yeah, that, that was not close at all, but good, good try. All right. Can <laughs> yeah. you correct me how to pronounce your first name? Let's start with that. Yes, like my name, uh, it's like so hard for like American and English people to say it because it sounds really weird. It's actually supposed to be like Navex. So the J is like soft, but everyone just says something like Nedgevex or something. Oh. So you can use whatever you want, but like, honestly, it doesn't matter. Navets, yeah. Navets. Yeah. Okay, now it sounds a whole lot better. Yeah, way yeah. better than I was pronouncing it or in my head. Navets, wow, okay. Damn, so how are you doing, Navets? Right now, pretty awesome. Like, just ended school. We're heading into the holidays. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And Christmas in two days, spending time with the family, mm. you know, and also like obviously a lot more time to uh, work on more projects and you know, take this project a little bit further. Well, that's yeah. good to hear, man. I love to hear that. And it's awesome because, you know, school is out, vacation starts, man. Let's just chill with the family and enjoy the holidays, you know, that's that's the whole cool thing about it. And now you take your opportunity, you know, to spend the entire day crafting on your on your songs, you know, crafting your own production, mastering it, you know. So now it's like the perfect opportunity to take uh, take advantage of that, you know. Um, what part of Europe you're from? Because I I, I forgot to ask you, and the whole time you say Europe, I'm like, oh wait, which part of Europe? <laughs> yeah, so I'm from the Czech Republic, so that's like right next to Ooh. Germany. Uh. I don't know if it's like uh, a very known country, honestly. Also, like very weird name. <laughs> I don't Czech. know. So yeah, I know. I know Czech Republic. It, 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 it's it's like in the Easter side, it, like Easter Easter side of Europe, right? Like you said, mm. next to you, yeah, Russia. Uh, not like Russia. It's more so in the middle. I'd say in like right next to Germany. Okay. Uh, under there, it's like Austria. And up there, it's like Poland and stuff. So okay. in the heart, like just imagine like the heart of Europe. There's oh. the Czech Republic. And, yeah. it's a, and it's a small, small country, right? Yeah, very small, actually. Oh, yeah. okay. Like 10 million people, I think. Yeah. A million? That's it? No, 10, 10 oh, million. Oh, 10 million. Ten. Oh, well, I mean, 10 oh. million. Yeah, 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 I was going to say like, whoa, <laughs> that's how small that country it is. Whoa, <laughs> I, I can't believe my island is bigger than yours. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I'm I'm from Puerto Rico, so you know I have a small island, and there's like three to four million people living in there. Mm. I was gonna say one million. I was like, damn, I can't believe we're dominating that. <laughs> <laughs> so let me ask you. So what is actually the the main language in your in your country, like your native tongue? Mm. So again, it's just Czech. Like that's uh, everyone speaks like. The Czech language, mm -hmm. uh, you know, you obviously meet like uh, foreigners here, like a lot of tourists as well. Mm. I don't think the base community and 
EDM community and stuff like that here uh, is like mm. really big. Honestly, we have like a really big drum and bass scene here. We oh. have uh, like one of the biggest like Europe festivals for drum and bass. I think like besides that, I don't think like dubstep and stuff here is like <laughs> that big, honestly. And I really like realize right now that I actually like dodged the question a lot. Like, I mean, I, I got derailed as fuck. No, no, that's okay, man. There's no, there's no problem about getting derailed a little bit, man. That's the whole part yeah. of it. And you know? we get, we're trying to get to know each other, you know. I, I like this new, you know, information getting us. So you, so Czech Republic has its own native tongue, which is Czech. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Okay, so all right, that's fine. That's fine. And and it's actually a very interesting thing that you, what you just mentioned that that say like that like the EDM scene is not as big as what anybody can think of. You know, like the big thing in there is drum and bass, which is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Because my next question was is like, so how do you got yourself into EDM, and then more particularly into dubstep, since it's like barely anything yeah, in there. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So honestly, like from like a younger age, it's mm -hmm. like uh, even 10 or 11, I've been kind of, uh, I don't know how, but somehow I managed to like stumble across uh, the dubstep community okay. on the internet. And I've been always kind of listening to it uh, on and off. Uh, but I never really thought about producing producing it like ever, honestly. Right. But uh, I don't know how it happened. It just clicked like in 2019 or 2018 or something. Like I saw like a tutorial on the internet uh, for like how to sound like res or something mm. like that. So I... Uh, I decided to just try it and what what can I make essentially and then somehow like I just for two years I just produced for myself I never put anything out mm. uh, and just now I think half a year uh, like in the middle of 2021 uh, I just decided to throw out my first single mm -hmm. with like visuals and stuff and yeah th this project like this whole project just started like Six months ago, which is oh, kind of crazy. That is yeah. crazy, and the, and then from there is what actually led you to go to 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 the disciple remix competition. Yeah, wow, <laughs> kind of crazy thinking thinking about it. Honestly, that I was like second for the uh, virtual riot and song. Old step yeah. song. Yeah, that's that's gonna mm -hmm. be insane. The fact that you said that you started it not too long ago. And you just released your first song on the summer, and then, boom! You did a remix for for Virtual Ryan Mostead, and you ended up being one of the runner-ups, second place overall. That's still amazing. The fact that you were a runner-up because they highly consider your song to be one of the to be one of the potential winners out of it. Yeah, exactly. Like I was, uh, I I remember the like exact moment that Disciple tweeted uh, the runners-up. Yeah. I think I was like lying in bed or something and just scrolling through, through my phone and I <laughs> saw the notification I, and I was like, holy shit, like I, <laughs> did I win? <laughs> <laughs> and then I <laughs> got onto Twitter and I realized it's just the runner-ups and I was like, like disappointed, but then it started kind of like coming to me like, what the hell? Like I was second from all those like people. Like, like what the hell? I know, like imagine you, you competed yourself with 
people around the world to do this remix competition. And you, let's just say, let's just give a nice number of 100. Let's say 100. I'm pretty mm -hmm. sure that number is high. But imagine out of 100, you became second place. You were almost there. That alone is a huge achievement. Like that alone itself is like, shows you how far you have come into music production, man. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been really amazing, honestly. Like, I think I heard, you know, who was it? Uh, who said, like, if you just produce good music, uh, like, you're gonna get noticed. And I was like, uh, like, is that really it? Like, there's a lot more things, I think, going into it as well. Mm -hmm. But honestly, I that's kind of all I've been doing. Like, uh, I tried also my hand, like, doing visuals and stuff. Mm. Uh, for my songs as well, but that's just not something I can keep up with right now because uh, I honestly don't have maybe that much time from school, but as well, like my PC just can't keep up with like the projects I have in mind and that I would like really like to like make uh -huh. right now. So I'm just like perfecting my sound essentially right now and just like trying to put out stuff. Yeah. Wow. That's actually pretty amazing that you just say that you have a limitation and somehow, even with that limitation, you're still able to produce some of the sick stuff out there. That's actually pretty impressive. Not going to lie because, yeah, p having a PC and, and the PC not able to run to its full potential the way you want it because it cannot handle the power of your sessions, but somehow you manage to go make it through it or play around it and make it sound even dope. That's a, that's pretty good on your part. Like I'm, I'm impressed by that because a lot of people will just like give up on that. It's like, ah, oh, I can't do it. Or they'll just spend hundreds, if not thousands of dollars just to that way. They don't have to feel that way. Like I know it. I spend a lot of money. I'm having the, the computer that I have. So that way I don't have to worry about, you know, lagging and, Having my PC telling me like you can't do this or it'll crash or any other stuff. And you just have to be careful on your end. So that's actually pretty good, man. Yeah. So I actually think like uh, there are a lot of people that maybe like produce like a lot of uh, more high quality stuff than me. And they work on like uh, a lot worse conditions. Mm. Even I feel like. So honestly, I just think it's like determination, like your motivation, like if you really just uh, want to produce and you're very passionate about it, it's right. just it like uh, doesn't matter the limitations. You know, there's always kind of a way and I produce something good. Yeah, I like I like that mentality, man. That's how it's supposed to be for everybody. Like anybody who wants to try to be into this game and be a producer, man, you need to have that mentality, that determination, that 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 you're hungry about it, you know, that you're hungry of, of getting to be, you know, releasing good stuff out there and getting picked up by these labels. You know, it's that determination, you know, it's that, it's very important because sometimes people quit halfway without realizing that you were probably very, very close to, to reach your goals. You know, it's like that um, story that I, I, that was mentioned to me by a good friend of mine. He says like, there's, Two different types of, of gold diggers, you know, the go gold miners, gold miners. There's the one that started long ago, and then there's the one that started now. 
The one that started long ago has been digging for for a while and hasn't found any any gold, you know. But the one that started like second just now dig up a little bit and found gold. And he found like a piece of gold. And then the the first gold miner gave up because it's like that's I can't believe it. I've been doing this for a while and I haven't found one gold and he found one nugget. The pro- now when you look at it at a large scale, if he would have kept it going, he would have actually like found an entire gold mine to himself. But because he was like determined and then all of a sudden like gave up because of somebody found it first than him, he gave everything up. Well, he couldn't have that opportunity to have an entire gold piece to himself, you know? Yeah. Like, uh, that's a really honestly nice way of putting it. Like, honestly, just there's so much talent out there and Mm. uh, it's honestly really like easy to get discouraged by lot of those people you know but honestly just just get inspired and just like i like to focus on like doing my own stuff and i know if i'm putting this like the right way but i'm not really i don't like to be like that active like on social media Mm. and stuff just honestly because i know it just it's just really easy to get like discouraged these days yeah because there's so much stuff out there so yeah I know. I I uh, I agree with you wholeheartedly about that, man. And and let me tell you, I've interviewed up until now to you. I've interviewed like a lot of people. At least half half of this year alone, I've interviewed like a lot of people every week, like from lo- from low tier, mid tier, and high tier people. And I listen to the music, and it's like I'm I'm amazed because the talent is there but they're not getting picked up or people don't notice it, you know? And some of them, they feel like very discouraged. I mean, a lot of them feel like, I don't know how long I'm doing this, but, you know, I just kept it going. And I tell everybody, it's like, dude, you got it. Like, if you have the talent, you have it. You're going to get picked up. You're going to get discovered. It's going to happen eventually. Sooner or later, it's going to happen. You just don't stop at all, man. And I'm hearing talents all around, you know, across Europe and in here in this, in the US, you know? So imagine that I've only covered Florida and a few parts of Europe. There's still a lot more across the, the nation and other countries, you know, that I haven't still discovered yet, you know? And every day I'm listening to new people, new people and their, and their stuff. And I'm just like blown away alone because of like, man, how's this possible that none of these people are being released on these amazing levels? Like their production, the level of production is Wow. And another aspect is because of the of social media. A lot of times, like people don't have a strong social media. And I'm with you on, on the social media. I hate social media. I don't mm-hmm. like it. I I I try to not use it as much as possible, but I have to use it for 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 my brand, for my show, and for my music. That's the only thing I'm using. I'm not using it for any personal things. Not using it to watch everybody what's doing. Like, no, nah. I'm just using it to promote my stuff. And that's it. That's it. And I move on because it's what you say. People get really lost because they get heavily influenced by social media and whatever people say on social media, you get, you know, influenced by it. And, be, and because of those influences, you make mm-hmm. rash decisions, you know, decisions that may actually affect you in the long run, you know. Now, another aspect is that I hate the fact that in the 
in the times that we are right now, labels are now looking for more. Not, not, not all labels. Let me put that disclaimer. Not all labels. The majority of all, the majority of labels are now looking for people who have a strong social media and have the mm-hmm. talent. Talent, but the talent is like second. It's like, uh, uh, like you have that talent. Okay, perfect. You're, but that's that's not important. Important is is that you got ten thousand followers, and then <laughs> you got like a thousand views and likes and stuff. That's important to them. And I get that on a business perspective, but at the same time, it's killing the talent. Don't you feel in a certain way like that? Or have you ever experienced something like that? So if I think about it, like, I think, I think you're right. Like, definitely, like, especially with, I think, labels, uh, maybe uh, like certain labels just want to go for maybe like certain, so- uh, certain types of tracks mm. or sounds these days. And maybe if... Uh, your sound uh, doesn't like particularly like fit in some label uh, but like the track is really good mm-hmm. still but it just doesn't fit the label and you just get rejected uh, like it can feel really bad uh, but the main thing is just uh, I mean honestly the way I've been going at it is mm-hmm. just having tracks and just like throwing them around to labels maybe something catches uh and if not i just self-release it and that's like the that's that's the best thing you can do honestly but getting a label release i think honestly the underground dubstep labels like they're doing a really good job so yeah if i list a few like rhino x rail breakers who's there like uh tpmo root service subsidia yeah exactly or MDP records, I think they're very new as well. So yeah, and like Rhinox as well, like uh, those guys, like for their releases, like they have amazing visuals and stuff Mm. like that. And also I think the artists there are really talented as well. So like getting a label release, I think it's a really good thing because you don't have to worry about making your own like visuals or or not certainly like visuals, but like a good cover art mm-hmm. or stuff like that. You have the label that can do that for you. Yeah. And as well, like for free. I so like that's a good thing. Yeah. It, at least I'm I'm happy that these certain labels because that's why I put the disclaimer. Not every label is like this. Only certain labels are like mm-hmm. that, you know? Like the majority of them, the big corporate level type um labels, but those, you know, but those labels that are are literally in it for the talent and in it for the community. Like the DPO, DPMO's Funk Cases label, Root Servers, Bear Grylls, Subsidians label, you know, those those guys always put out music that I've never heard from artists, artists that I've never heard in my life. And I love it. I love it because it's like, damn, there's actually talent around the world that there there is. You just haven't discovered it yet. And I like the way you said it, the, the way you approach it. It's like if I send it to a label, they don't like it. They don't reject it. Okay, I'll self-release it. That's pretty good, man. Kudos on you on doing stuff like that. Because let me tell you, a lot of people that I've talked to don't do that that often. Hmm, really? I, yeah. And uh, what, but like, what do they do then? Like, with the tracks? They, they fact, just keep them for themselves? Or like... They literally, they literally, this is what they do. And, I, and I, it has happened to me as well is that we get discouraged and we pass time 
after it. And then after we pass certain time, we just like put it in the drawer and never release it. All because like a lot of labels didn't like it or did or it wasn't their thing. So it's it's so it's a very common thing that people just like send it to labels. They don't like it. They don't release it. Very rare that people release songs after a labels rejected it. Hmm. So it's like I like it that that you're actually having that mentality already. This is like all right. If you don't like it, that's fine. I'll release it. Boom. That's it. Let's let's move on. Onto the next project, you know, and a lot of um, and I'm do and I do that. It's like, all right, I sent it to these guys. Nobody liked it. All right, fine, I'll release it. I mean, it's the it's the best way. It's either that or never release it. And and then whenever you feel like you 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 want to release it, it feels like it's kind of outdated. And then you're just like, man, it's never gonna get released. You know, I have tracks yes. like that 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 are very outdated that I wish I could have just released it on time. You know. Or I wish I could have just released it when it when it happened, you know, instead of waiting for a label to respond, you know. My golden rule to let everybody know is that if a label or multiple labels, wherever you send them, if they don't respond within the month, they're self-release it. Like don't wait any longer. Just so, just find the time, market it, and release it on SoundCloud and Spotify or whichever platform you want to release to, you know? Yeah. Like exactly, and honestly, like uh, a lot of these like dubstep uh, underground labels mm. and stuff, like uh, I've found out that uh, there are response times from them vary a lot. So some of them take like actually just a couple of days to like listen to your submissions, mm. but some of them uh, actually like take up to a month maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, but that would be uh, something like. Rushdown probably because like uh, they probably get uh, a ton of submissions. They actually right. use label radar for those, which it's like a really good way to submit things to them, honestly, because, you know, you get to submit a track and then you just wait for the response. And actually they added this new feature that when they have uh, listened to the track, like uh, when they listen to the tracks, they... Uh, if they like it, they put it on their kind of like short list. Mm-hmm. Uh, on label radar, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And then uh, from there, uh, like you get this notification and you're like, oh, so like maybe maybe I have a chance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, you just wait. Also, like if you get denied, uh, you get like a reason provided. So they... Uh, that's like a good way of telling you like it's good but you know you're leaving a little bit work yeah. like yeah yeah that that's exactly what I got I think with like one of my submissions that I then uh, self-released like I don't remember like how it was exactly right uh, the response it was like yeah, like this is good we're just not like <laughs> feeling it like a hundred percent so just keep sending or okay. something like that yeah and so I self-released that track mm. and honestly, like that's the best thing I could have done. Like I th- didn't expect this at all, but like, uh, I think that, uh, track got, yeah, that track, uh, actually got noticed by virtual riot, which was like a huge shock because he's like one of my biggest inspirations from like the start of doing this whole thing. Mm. I used to watch a lot of his streams, which I, which are a great way to learn, by the way. Yes. Yeah, exactly. That brings me like to another point. Like 
uh, I honestly think the best way to get uh, into music production, especially like this EDM stuff, uh, the best way to learn is not to go like, not to like study uh, on like a specific school or something, but you have so many, so many of these like resources, mm. uh, the internet, the virtual ride streams or NASCO or all of those people. There is just so much good stuff online that like, I don't think any school can teach that like to that level of detail. It's actually amazing, honestly. And I yeah. agree because like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of things that you can learn from school, but they only, you can only get like the basics out of it. You don't actually get like the real in-depth nitty gritty stuff that you were like seeking for a lot. And, or, or and that's a, that's a problem with, with the school system where if you want to go into audio mm. school or not, I have no problem if you go to an audio school, a music school, you know, to learn and do stuff because I went to another school and I graduated from that and I learned a lot more from that school. And like, I thought I, I didn't, I only needed a, one thing. I learned a whole lot more things, you know, and now I'm very versatile and multitasking about it. Like I can just go do whatever type of audio engineering jobs, you know, that I want. So that was very helpful, but obviously it's not, it's not for everybody. And if there's certain people that are already good at something and they just only needed to learn one thing and that's it, they don't really need that extra stuff. Yeah, like sometimes school only trains you to the basics, but they don't really prepare you for what's go outside the world, you know? Yeah, exactly. And that's where, you know, that's what it, that's what it fails because because then all that information, you learn it from, from YouTube or you learn it from, yeah. from podcasts like me. There's like mm -hmm. other podcasts that are in the EDM scene, like back to back with Willie Joy and the EDM podcast with Sam, Sam Matla. Those guys are like, they're all educational. I try to be as educational as possible and bring people over and learn things from one another, you know? And obviously for all the listeners and the viewers who are listening to, they can learn something from it, you know? That's the whole point of this show. It's for people to learn, you know, because they don't get this information elsewhere and that, and that's sad and that that that's sad that is sad that sucks because that information should be public people should know about it you know they don't need to go to youtube and find it about it like people should be telling this stuff but you know it's the world that we are living right now and that's why us we're trying our best to do to make sure everybody gets this type of information you know and yeah and I, and I tell people, it's like, you know, you can actually, you don't necessarily have to go to school, like school, school, like, like technical school. You don't have to go to college. You can go to a technical school or if it's too much for you, online courses. If you're really mm. putting up the, the money, like if you really want to learn and you want to be great at it, just go to some of these online classes. Like, for example, um, I was a beta tester for the... Um, for this masterclass that that was given by um, by Tinan Tynan, I don't know how I keep, I keep I, I'm very bad at pronouncing names, but Tynan, but you know Tynan, right? The yeah. Well, he just put out a masterclass, and I was one of his beta testers, and he just walked through how to how he did interdimensional and something something about water, I believe. And boy, I I I've, 
I was blown away. I was just like, holy crap, this is amazing. Shout out to Dawn Nation. Dawn Nation is, an, is a great place for people to learn. For anybody who does, who's trying to get to, go to Dawn Nation. You know, they have a YouTube channel and everything. They're doing that masterclass with Tynan. And yeah, I highly recommend everybody to go to go to them. You know, if you want to learn more and hone your skills even more. In fact, let me put it this way. If you want to pick out Tynan's brain and learn the thought process of how he actually made all his songs and how he actually does his mid-city messaging, how he does his sound designing, you take one of these courses. And the, and the cool thing about these courses is that you're not spending thousands of dollars. You know, you're spending, depending on uh, what course and how long you're spending, uh, you spend like a, at least $50, $100, $200. What it could cost a thousand costs you like $200. That's a good investment, in my opinion, for you to, to sound or be, to craft your own skills from someone who's established in the industry, like Tanyan. So, so like, yeah, but, yeah, that's like a really good point as well, like the masterclasses. So, you know, like a person might see that and it's like, you know, you have to pay money, uh, but it's really worth it if you think about it. Like, mm -hmm. it's just, uh, there's so much information. And even for free, like if you look on YouTube and like, as I said, like uh, there is so much like even free stuff online mm -hmm. uh, and free tutorials on the internet uh, from like, again, uh, as I said before, like virtual, right? And NASCO, like they, they did like, they do like live streams uh, and Dr. Rossi does that, that yeah, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Live yeah, streams exactly. and everything. And he also does feedback streams. That's, that's yeah. also another really good thing. Yeah. And you get like to have such an insight in like how these people's brains like work Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, like what's their like workflow yes. and stuff. Yeah. And it's for free. Like, like you don't have to pay anything. And it's honestly just influenced me so much. Just like watching these, uh, people work. And I honestly don't think like I could be where I am right now, uh, producing this mm -hmm. stuff without all this information online. Like I would have never even gotten into the music. The right scene and that's the it's beauty amazing. of it and 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 yeah. you know what i i shout out to those guys man no because they could have just you know not tell about it not do a stream and just keep it to themselves and let them do their own thing like many others do and these guys are actually taking time of their days mm. to do these live streams and show them hey so today we're making this track and they're just making that track or Oh, let's just revise one of my tracks. That I'm going to release it soon. And then you see them at their job, you know, doing their things, man. Like, shout mm. out to those guys for for making that and accessible for anybody who can access, who doesn't have that those resources, you know? Make it easy for people to just watch it for free and just, like, enjoy it and, and learn something from it. So I commend those guys, you know, like... It's and it's not easy for them, especially when they're when they're starting to do tours right now, and then they have to do music at the same time, releasing music and shit. So it's like it's a lot. Of, it's a lot of things that they have to do in their daily lives, but they're still doing it. So it's you know I don't know. I like I like I like when established artists like those guys do cool stuff like that. I like that because you know they they it just shows you that they're in it for the community. You know that they're here to help. Yeah, that's yeah exactly like and. 
also with a lot of these like underground dubstep labels like uh, rushdown like who who's like who created that thing like it was chime you know and mm. he himself i think yeah it's just amazing like uh that these people just like out of the goodness of their hearts like uh like rush down they push up like uh into the scene like so many so yeah. many of these like underground talents yeah <laughs> like i don't know honestly but much how much like how to word this like exactly but right it's just incredible no definitely it is and you you mentioned a couple times as like you know you about these underground labels and i'm actually curious like which genre of music you inclined to do the most out of it like are you very mm-hmm. rhythm are you very dubstep brostep you very future rhythm color future bass trap like what's actually like your style of music yeah so uh i got into uh like a lot of color bass mm-hmm. uh but more or so like mm, I think the best way would uh, to describe my style would be like virtual riot and sharks fused oh, together. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's kind of those are my two like biggest inspirations uh right now uh in making my sound. So yeah, so like mainly that kind of like influence color base mm-hmm. maybe but this like remix that uh got me the second place uh in the disciple competition that was like a like very heavy trap infused dubstep track yeah. uh with like a future bass drop at the end mm. uh and right now i'm not even working on that much like uh, melodic stuff i'm also like a lot into tear out and mm. just heavier stuff like that so honestly that's i think that's like also very important for like artists to like branch out into a lot of things just like don't it's really important to have like a defined sound yes. that like when a pe- person hears it it's like oh yeah it's this person no. so like that's really important but you know always branch out do uh just as much uh, stuff as you can yeah i do ag- honestly yeah. i do wholeheartedly agree with that that artists should actually have the ability to branch out and do other stuff that they may actually enjoy that they shouldn't necessarily stick with that one genre like i'm i mean it's dope if you want to you know do other stuff as well like don't limit yourself with just one like do whatever makes you happy you know like look how many people are right now branching out and like they're not doing that much of teared up dubstep and now they're doing other cool things you know now they're doing little house here now they're doing little hardcore doing little drum bass a little Future base, like, you know, they're expanding themselves. And it's all, and yeah, you shouldn't like just limit yourself into one. Like, you should always have that mindset of like, man, today I just want to do some house. Tomorrow I'll just do yeah. something else, you know, stuff like that. If like I should mention also, like, uh, maybe like the vir- virtual riot album simulation, mm-hmm. uh, that came out this year. Yeah. That like that album is, like honestly like my favorite piece of like music not just like a singer song but right. like the whole thing because there's just so much variety like uh, yes. there's like color bass when then there's like rhythm I don't know, there's like yeah rhythm, but, but there's mid-tempo not, there's yeah. house there's melodic yeah. dubstep like there's he has everything in there everything yeah, but 
but it's not like uh it's like his own like such a specific take on it as well yeah like you like if there's like what's the track called jesus christ i'm gonna think of it in a minute yeah Mm-mm. it was like the housey track oh yeah fork funeral like oh, the knife party uh yes yes that yeah, was that. supposed to be a collab and then it eventually yeah, become a collab and then just so like like you can hear in every single one of the songs even though it's not like his specific like uh dubstep mm-hmm. or if i could explain it that way yeah it you can always hear like you know this is like virtual right always in every single song even though yeah. it's not his main genre. you know g- yeah. genre yeah exactly yeah so that, yeah yeah that has its own virtual riot signature sound you know mm. like it it just shows you it just shows you that virtual riot is just a god that what's among humans because yeah. it's like the dude can play and make any type of song and it still sounds amazing you know yeah i honestly i think vr just uh he influenced i think i could say it this way like he influenced entire upcoming like generation of uh, right. underground artists i think with his packs like they're so like known and you know overused and like uh uh like there's just he does so much stuff his streams mm-hmm. as well it's just the guy is insane like he's he's just such an influence on so many people you can hear his style like uh in a lot of people's music i think as well right like because his sound is just so like unique mm, yeah and like i think everyone can enjoy it he's not like just grounded to this one thing but yeah. like vr vr has is a genre of its own like essentially he just makes everything sound good and influences so many people yeah <laughs> now is it say safe to say that you know virtual ray happens to be one of your idols like one, your first main guy or do you got other yeah idols? exactly but like that's like there are so many people that feel like the exact same way as me like that when you ask them like who brought you into this whole thing like why are you even doing this uh, and they just say vr like virtual riot because he's i don't know like who to explain it he's just he can bring in like a lot of people i think because yeah. his style is just so like appealing mm-hmm. to a wider audience essentially while not being generic at all yeah so that's how i would say it yeah i agree i will um i'll put my idols out there my my free people are um zomboy hmm. skrillets and rob swire from pendulum and knife party the lead singer I mean the the head honcho for Pendulum and Knife Party, and it's funny because I met Zomboy and Skrillex multiple times, and I was just like, "Wow, bro! Like, wow! I'm standing next to you guys. I'm leaving." Yeah, they're out. like legends, like Skrillex as well. He's like the person who uh, started this whole thing, and all of these genres they just branch yeah. out from the fact that he uh, was the first one. I mean, it, it's because of Skrillex that actually started this whole Main Street dubstep. I mean, I will say that Skrillex, it's because of Skrillex dubstep is where it is right now. Because before before Skrillex, um, dubstep was just pretty underground. It was very dark dubstep, you know, like very yeah. like low key, 
nobody, nobody, like you had to be a very, very into it for you to listen to that stuff. I remember at that time it was um, Excision and 12th Planet, you know, Infected Mushrooms, Dirty Phonics. There were that whole underground stuff, you know? They were ne- they were they were never into that whole mainstream. They like they never wanted it to be mainstream until Squirrels came around and made it mainstream. Yeah, That's- and dubstep kind of like split up because I think uh, you know dubstep can mean like uh, you know this like you know color base or tear out and these like kinds of uh, subgenres that we know now. Yeah. But also, like dubstep is still uh, like a, can be also like a different, like a very different take on the genre. Mm. Like, yeah, I don't know how to explain. Like the original dubstep was nothing like the dubstep that we, you know, we, uh, refer to and know now. Yeah. yeah. Oh no! Yeah, I wholeheartedly agree. I feel like the closest thing that the original dubstep could get is probably the rhythm. Rhythm was mm. probably like. The clo- it's not, it's not, it's the closest that you could get from its original roots. Because I remember when I used, when I listened to some old tracks of Excision and that dark dubstep, that's what they used to call it, dark dubstep. It's very, like, yeah, it's very, it was a 140 BPM. It was very heavy, but it wasn't like heavy as, as Teardown or Bro Step or, you know, other stuff that we listen like no it was more rhythm heavy like it was just like very simple patterns and it's just like like very very underground like you could tell the difference you could tell like okay this is a main street dub set and this is a underground dub set so rhythm happens to be like the closest thing to its roots to its original roots but um yeah yeah that's that's as, as far as I know, and I really do not like rhythm. I know people will flag <laughs> me about this, but it's just it's not my cup of tea. Like I, I'm okay listening to a virtual riot doing rhythm. Yeah, the, yeah I don't. The, I'm not okay <laughs> listening to an infect or a murder or a sudden death rhythm or something like that. You know, I'm not heavily involved with that because or jacks. It's just yeah. like their pattern. I always tell this. Rhythm is the techno version of dubstep. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, as you like brought up, uh, like rhythm. There are like rhythm when you like say it to someone, like everyone imagines a different thing because yeah. rhythm. Like a lot of people have very different takes on rhythm. Like, in mm. fact, uh, it's like very or like in the roots of like rhythm, like the yeah. very classic, yes. you know, uh, patterns and stuff like that. Yeah. But virtual riot. You could almost say, like his take on the rhythm is not really, you know, rhythm. It's more like coming, like pushing the boundaries of like their outy, like bro step, dubstep. Yeah, yeah. It's like it just yeah. shows you, like that again. VR is just <laughs> superior to everyone because he can just make every genre mm-hmm. honestly like enjoyable to a wider audience. Yeah, but exactly and honestly, like. The field, like the subgenre, like color base, mm. uh, which I think is like incredible and also still like pretty new. It's getting oversaturated already, even though it's new. I think really elaborate yeah. a little bit more about that because I think like uh, you know because a lot of people mm-hmm. you know like producing and stuff like that is so like as accessible because 
as I mentioned, of the like tutorials on the internet that you can find, you know, uh, that when like a new subgenre like color base uh, comes along, you know, there's like very certain like uh, techniques that get like exposed uh, to the general public. Those then get uh, start getting kind of overused and you start to kind of hear a lot of the same sounds, especially in like color base, you know, that it's like kind of a joke like that, like uh, specific like plugins, like vocoders and uh, resonators in Ableton and stuff right. like that is getting really overused right now. So yeah, but uh, honestly, if you know how to use like these plugins in a certain original way, I don't think they're ever going to I don't think you're going to overuse them. You just need to know <laughs> how to make it sound like non-generic. Yeah. Right. That's mm -hmm. a very interesting take that you have from there about saying that, you know, future rhythm or color base is getting very oversaturated. I don't, I don't know if I can agree or disagree on that notion because while I do agree with you that I'm noticing that like a lot of people are actually jumping into future rhythm more we're like once after Chime and Azora jump into that, or I feel like they're these guys were one of the pioneers of that. Yeah, they 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 essentially like were the pioneers of yeah. the genre. Yeah, yeah. I feel like after them, that's where everybody was like, okay, this is acceptable. Let's everybody do it. Let's everybody start doing stuff in a, a small portion. Right? But at the same time, there's people that I hardly. I don't, I hardly get to, I, don't, I hardly get to listen to these you know color based tracks from people like I, unless it's like it's not the same people that I usually listen to like Skybreak um Sharks um yeah. who else Blosso Oliver's uh, like you know unless it's not from some of these guys like I don't know if if I if I agree that there's like it's oversaturated like if these guys mm -hmm. that's their thing for sure yeah like. That's that's their genre. That's definitely their thing, and and they're gonna be good at it. And kudos who for everybody who jump on that wave when it started to pop, and they started to do stuff like that. You know, anyone anyone else that decides to do it now is a little bit too late because like it's or it's already been taken off. You know, you'll have to wait until the next wave of dubstep that you know comes out and. And that's the, one of the cool things about dubstep, man. Like, if you notice, like, how many subgenres dubstep have, you'll be surprised that we came along in a span of what? In a span of what? Mm. Years. I know for a fact that from since Skrillex started out, every every dubstep was more like bro step, and it wasn't until twenty fourteen ish, twenty fifteen. Where dubstep started to go a little bit more hybrid trap, and everybody jumped in that hybrid trap train, and then later become rhythm, and then rhythm on future bass, future bass, uh, to what it is now, future rhythm yeah. or color bass. So it's pretty cool, and then you know, obviously, tear out dubstep like which is basically tear everything apart. But you know, it, mm. it, it's just it's pretty cool how how dubstep has evolved itself from from what it was to what it is right now, you know? And it's continuing to evolve. Do you think there's like a, a new genre that's going to come up anytime soon? Or you think we're going to be seeing a lot of color base for a few hmm. years? Damn, uh, <laughs> that's a really good question. I honestly don't know because color base, it's so like new. And I guess 
with me saying like it's oversaturated. Mm. I mean, as you said, like there's a lot of newcomers, you know, and uh, maybe like not in the like mainstream scene. Right. Uh, it's not exactly like very oversaturated, but definitely in the like uh, underground artists like area, you know, uh, there's a lot of people going for the same kinds of sounds. Uh, so that's kind of what I meant because I don't know, like color base is so new and I think there's still a lot of stuff left to be mm -hmm. discovered because there's not only like resonators, vocoders, right. like pitch, pitch map and stuff like that, that, you know, who knows, someone might come up with something new and completely like change the genre again. It's very new still, honestly. I agree. I'm, I, I'm yeah. just excited for the more more genres that dubstep continues to evolve, man. Because it just, it just makes it big, just makes it well known, and it just makes people get more into into it, you know. And then just explore new new artists that's coming onto the scene doing stuff like that, you know. Yeah, and like if you look uh, at it at like dubstep uh, in itself, like as a genre, like. Uh, not just the subgenres like color base and stuff like that, because I think color based and you know uh, it's still mm. uh, pretty much I think a very underground genre that a lot of like underground artists produce. You know, obviously you have like Leo Tricks and BR Sharks and all those all those people. Though there's like a lot of new up and comers that uh, have like color base as their main sound. I forgot my point that I was trying to get to. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, if you look at dubstep, uh, like, compared to, like, other, like, absolutely different genres, not even, like, EDM, maybe, uh, like, if you, like, in the context of music mm. entirely, like, if, you know, I was to say, like, to people that, you know, I make music, and I listen to dubstep, like, what do they imagine? You know, like, uh, dubstep in itself, I think is actually quite, like, uh, unknown to, like, the general public. Like, you know, there's, like, millions of people, like, right. still listening to it. You know, obviously, it's, like, a part of our lives, uh, and mine as well. But, like, I think compared to, like, like, big, very big, like, other genres, it's pretty small, don't you think? Like dubstep in itself. It like the community itself is I think the community itself is small. Yeah. It looks it looks big, but it's smaller mm -hmm. than you think. Like if you compare it to other genres, like the house genre, absolutely. Yeah. Like house is like extremely huge. Like it has like 20 different genres in, in itself. House. Mm -hmm. Like we're talking about house. Deep house, lecture house, progressive house, trance house, like tech house, acid house, G house. It's like mm -hmm. there's just so many of them. If you look drum and bass, I feel like it's like much more smaller than dubstep because it's not mm -hmm. as out. It's not as it's not as well received as dubstep though. Even though it's amazing and it's only, I feel like it's only a certain people who mess around with who. Who actually loves that genre a lot that they will, you know, be down for it. Like, I don't know. Um, 
Yeah, yeah. even even when it with trance, trance is actually pretty huge. Damn, there's so many hardcore, you know, hard style dance. Yeah. 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 But like if you think about those genres, like house, hard style, uh, maybe I'm biased because you know I'm just at like a dubstep color base, like terrible right. producer. But if you look at like house as a genre in itself or hard style, like all of the tracks like kind of blend together, I think. And like then you think to yourself, how do you differentiate yourself in a field like that? You know, and that's honestly why I love the dubstep community like so much because there is, is so so much like room uh to make new stuff and there's so many like things that people haven't heard. Like so yeah, that's like dubstep, I think uh is like uh, a genre. Well, where you can like differentiate yourself like the most. Yeah. You know what? You're absolutely right. I totally forgot about it. Yeah, dubstep happens to be a genre in which you can mix anything into the dubstep and it sounds amazing. Like if you put like on a dubstep track, you can have some hard style kicks on it. Oh yeah, yeah, exactly. Like yeah. And- and people will yeah. still and people will still love it because it already has their their regular jobs, you know, pin, kick and snare. But then mm-hmm. say on the second job, they just go hard and just go bum 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 bum. And people will be like, What? What is this? <laughs> what? And they'll just go nuts about it. The melodic dubstep route. People will just go with the with the with the heavy sauce, like they will do on a trance mm-hmm. track, you know? And and look at Ace a like AU5, AU5 and Seven mm. Lions. They do melodic dubstep and trance and melodic um ah, what was what was it like progressive house. There you go. Mm. They do that and they still sound amazing those guys. Like their level of production and when they and when they play it out it's even better than than expected, you know? Yeah, and that's like I think I like don't know if this is uh, 100% accurate but mm-hmm. like when you think of dubstep producers a lot of them uh, branch out like into all of like they can control a lot of these uh, like they can branch out like into house and maybe pop or like just so many genres but when you think of like artists like that maybe produce house or something they don't branch out as much I think right like is that correct like I no you're 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 in the money bull you're you're Mm -hmm. in the money bull so you're onto something and it got me thinking something that it's like that's very very true if you're a dubstep producer you can make house yeah yeah you can exactly. make house exactly. because you yeah. will have you will have like the the ability to make house because the fact that you 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 sound design some of these elements and you can do it from scratch mm-hmm. and, and it's easier for you just to do it and bam you got yourself a house track because it's Dubstep takes you a while, but because house is so easy, it's just loops and and buildups and and that's it. You're like, there's not that much that you do for dubstep producer. It's just like pop, 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 loop, 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 and that's it. But mm-hmm. a house producer, a house producer will cannot do a dubstep track. Yeah, like dubstep is so production like yeah. heavy and so like knowledge heavy. Yes. Uh, when you actually know how to like make a good dubstep check, there's also a big chance like that you can make like a hundreds, like hundreds of like these subgenres. 
or yes. not subgenres, but like, you know, as you said, like house, art style and stuff like that. Because like, you know, when you think of like, oh yeah, I want to make <laughs> like art style or something, you know, like in your head, like roughly how you would like make a hard style kick or something mm-hmm. because like you already have the knowledge of how to make you know certain sounds so i don't think uh producers of other genres yeah uh, then dubstep like uh can branch out as much because dubstep is just so you know production heavy it, yeah. exactly exactly man that's why like It's that funny say like a dubstep producer can make house, but a house producer cannot make dubstep because (laughs) of that, because of that thing. And and there's no shame. I've seen people from the house who try, try to do dubstep or do trap or do other stuff. And you know what? I cannot fault for them to do it. They tried. They at least did something about it. But you can tell the level of production from it. Like you can tell like, eh, this is something basic. Like, Any of these dubs the producers can do a whole lot weirder, but like, you know, he tried, he did his best, but it's like, I get that he was trying to get some sort of an audience, but it, it, it just, it wasn't it, you know, like versus like a dubstep guy, he could just pull any audience for any genre because on the yeah. dubstep side, you could, like I said, dubstep, just do a drop of hard style or do a side mm-hmm. trends or start side hearts style, you know, whatever that genre This is how mm-hmm. I call it trap. Like how many yeah, times? Yeah, trap blends like really well with dubstep. Exactly, yeah. exactly. And, and and if you mix future bass in it, like like again, yeah. dubstep is very very versatile. And a lot yeah, of people exactly. who are into this bass genre, it's easier for them to do all these other cool stuff and mm-hmm. expand themselves into it. You know, where alas, when I guess where the other people from the house committee or the trans or techno, they stick within their own rooms because that's how good as they can be. Maybe I could be wrong. Maybe. Maybe there's somebody mm-hmm. from that genre that can actually do a way better job. But I feel like they're only going to branch up within those realms. Like a house person can do tr- techno as well as they can do trance. Te- house can do techno, techno can do trance, trance can do house, and then so on. They're still in that same BPM and they're still in that same um way of doing things. Yeah, you, you get it. Like, like, like that. Like the level of production doesn't just add up or lowers. It's just like you're right there in the in that little circle. You're still right there in the cell. You might be in the other corner of the circle, but you're still in, inside it. You know. Yeah. Like. Yeah. Like I don't. <laughs> I agree. Like exactly. And like it's just so. Like when you think of like house producers, uh, like. Like, uh, if you're like really big in that genre, mm-hmm. it's like, you know, why would you want to make like a dubstep check or something, right. you know, like, uh, as you said, like dubstep is so versatile. Did you hear, uh, Dr. Lobster's, uh, a new EP on Disciple by any chance? It's Do- like, uh, Dr. Lobster. So they fused, they fuse like a uh, very heavy like mm. dubstepy, tarotty, like uh, rhythm elements and they mix it with jazz and it's like the most like unexpected thing but it just works so well like wow. you should really check, check it out like, it's crazy like I never would have thought like someone would make this well I mean 
I did. I, I actually have heard of Dr. Lobster on, on the round table. I just haven't heard his music overall, but you are right about dubstep being like, versatile. Like, have you, don't you remember years ago, years ago? I don't know. Probably you haven't heard of, about her. Lindsay Sterling. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I definitely know Lindsay yeah. Sterling. She's totally. the, she's the yeah. originator of dubstep violin. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I remember this. Yeah. I used to listen to a whole lot of Lindsay Sterling. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Like, she started the whole dubstep violin. Like, How cool is that that you impl like you made a dubstep beat out with with a violin on top of it and it still sounds amazing. Mm -hmm. Even <laughs> even to this day like if you listen to the song the song itself is a classic. It just it left a mark out of it. It's like she did it. Like she made a dubstep with with violin. Like she mixed those two things together. It's just it's like an insanely versatile genre like It just shows you how much like uh, there's still so much room to make new stuff. I mean, look, look at look um, phase one style. Oh my god, yeah, metal oh. step. Like yeah. you're fusing rock with dubstep, and it sounds amazing. Sullivan King, yeah, like, like phase one, you can hear like exactly like the influences from rock. He like uses these very distorted but very clean sounds yeah uh, and it just remind reminds you of like uh rock riffs or like metal i'm not really like well versed like in metal and stuff but mm -hmm. like you can definitely hear the similarities but be between like the guitars yes uh, very distorted guitars and like the actually like manufactured like uh, synths and the distorted like sounds yeah you know So it blends together insanely well. Yeah. Yeah, man. And look at what Sullivan King does. Like, he does everything from, you know, sing, like going screaming, like like any other metal band does, while still does his dub set. And he has done, and he has like done melodic dubstep with him singing along, and it still sounds amazing. Like, if you, like, if let's say, like, if we take a look at some of these artists, And these specific artists, you can hear that there's so many versatility and diversity within them, within their songs. It's not just dubs. No, he has a versatility of like Virtual Warrior does happy stuff with the dubs or without the genres, and he mm -hmm. can just do all that stuff. Phase One does the metal step stuff, you know? Modestead has the band style. Like, that's another one. Modestead, like, shout out to those guys. Like, everybody yeah. has their own style. Like, And it's and it's amazing because the fact that we can we can we can notice the di the difference we can tell who did this and who did that versus when you go on a house track like you don't know who yeah, you knew exactly. who did this like because yeah. <laughs> they all sound the same you know like <laughs> yeah, you don't like, know like I, I don't know if it's like this is just like our bias because we're just like maybe it just yeah right maybe that's just honestly how I feel as well. Maybe, maybe, but I also, I used to listen a lot of, you know, house music back in the day, you know, when Big Room was around, Martin Garrett's with his animals, uh, yeah. Dubs with Tsunami on Cashmere, Rehab, you know, Hartwell, like, if you listen to some of their music, you can tell, like, they, like, there's definitely some similarities with each other, there's not that, it, 
Like there's like if I, you put me a progressive house song and you put me with another progressive song, I would never know who did it because they all they all sound the same in a in a way, different patterns, different melodies, but the sound itself is the same. So I can never yeah. tell you like this like this track is different from this track. Like it's hard, especially on mm -hmm. techno and trance, it's, bro. Especially on trance, like can you tell me the difference between an Army Van Buren track and uh? In a Paul Paul Van Dyke track or an Ali and Fila track, <laughs> I don't like, know. Like I honest, like I don't really like listen to those artists, so I couldn't say. <laughs> so yeah, but, you know, it's, this but just it, but this it's just like, turned yeah. into us begging on like house <laughs> and stuff. <laughs> but yeah, but maybe I mean, this is what like house listeners and you know people mm, like that think about <laughs> dubstep, dubstep, you know. Right? Like they just imagine like 2011, 2012 Skrillex and then that's all they uh, like look at, you know, maybe because that's at least as like how I see it, like right. the general public. Yeah. You, know, you, you tell them like, you know, like I make dubstep or I like dubstep, you know, like they imagine, you know, just these very like old, like not very representative, like, you know, so uh, songs from the genre, you know. <laughs> I agree. I, yeah, now that now that you mention it, like everybody will think the same way as the as we are thinking. You know, it's like we think house is the same, and then the house people will feel like nah, dubstep is the same to us. I guess the only way to find out is like I had to bring a house person over to the show and having this discussion to see what they think about it. I'll be like, okay. oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's a really good idea, honestly. Yeah, yeah, have, have, just to get to see like all all the perspectives. You know, yeah, how everyone sees it. Hopefully we can get some in the future, you know. I definitely would like to hear their perspectives out of out of what they think about these certain genres and whatnot as well, you know. Like everyone is different at that point, but yeah, I th I would like to have a, a nice fun little debate with them. See to see what's up, you know. Yeah. Um let me see. Like let me ask you something about your creative process when it comes to yeah. making music. Um how where do you start when you're when you're opening up a session like do you start from the drop do you start from the from the intro the melody like what is it that you start and how do you get inspired by it yeah so that's a good question so if i open uh open ableton mm -hmm. uh you know my preferred door yes let's go <laughs> let's go Far superior to FL Studio. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Let it know. Let it know. Let it know. Let's go. <laughs> I know a lot of uh, like color-based producers like use FL Studio. Yeah. Or, or Chime uses, uh, I think, Logic or Chime, something. Chime uses the old school Logic, which is oh, still yeah, he, wild. He, yeah, he, actu he actually switched, but in that uh, Disciple tutorial, uh, yeah. He still used like the like the old such school. such yeah. an old one, like holy crap! Like how how like, <laughs> I like I don't know how I I honestly don't know how. But hey, I mean I I see his projects. I'm like ah, what the heck yeah, is this? <laughs> I don't understand like how could like plugins and stuff like that Working run in logic. such an yeah. just such an old like door like it. He said that it crashes like regularly and stuff like that. But you know, he was used to it and he made bangers in that door. So yeah. But yeah, so I think when I open like an Ableton project just from the start, like fresh. Yeah. 
I have a template, which is really important, I think. So because that just kind of gets you in this mindset, like uh, a lot more organized when you work with a template, you know, mm-hmm. where you can put your bases, like a section where you can put your scenes, you know, break background elements, jumps, and like have a sidechain group already, right. uh, like done, you know, so that you don't have to uh, spend like five minutes doing those things and that just like slows down your creative process so yeah and i don't like really know like i try a lot of weird stuff like i usually like place down like jumps is the first thing that i do from like samples uh that i made earlier mm. yeah so that i don't have to you know spend time you know making them from scratch again and then I just I, I either listen to like a track by someone uh, and like I get an idea of like oh yeah I I'd like to make something similar but like not copy them like at all but just like uh, try to like aim for like a similar sound but then mm-hmm. as you're like trying to get to that sort of sound uh, you can there's a high chance like you'll stumble across something very different that you'll still like. So yeah, there's uh, that's kind of my creative process. Uh, I usually like start from like making a job, or maybe I want to make like a melodic section. So I just start with that. Uh, I think it's very important to make yourself like uh, samples mm-hmm. and stuff like that. You know, just make like sound sound design sessions, make your own drums. Yep. You know, yeah, pads, melodies, bass sounds, glitches everything just it enhances your whole your whole sound do you use reference tracks to get inspired yourself for making these tracks let's say that you listen to a song and all of a sudden like i like mm-hmm. i like the structure of it or i like the sound of it and all of a sudden like you use the um, you you get inspired mm-hmm. by it and use that song as a reference it's like i want like, let me analyze it how he how he did some of these things let me see if i can structure it like this or do the stuff do you often do that or is that very rare for you to do that I definitely think I did uh I did that sometimes but it's sometimes like you know you have an intro a drop mm-hmm. and after the drop you're like oh yeah what <laughs> what like what do I do now so right. like then I go like uh to one of my like favorite artists or something and like I listen to uh, a song of theirs and I listen to like the drop and what they did after the drop you know you know, I just kind of get an idea how I should approach it. So that's kind of how I think about it. Uh, reference tracks are good for like, you know, getting your mixing down, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, because you can kind of like mm-hmm. see like where the artist, you know, places like uh, certain sounds at like certain volumes right. and stuff like that. So yeah, that's yeah. actually sometimes. That's sometimes. actually pretty good. Um, I'll be honest with you. I do use, use um, reference tracks as well. Like most of the time is because like I like how they structure a sound and also like I like I want to know how they how they how they make how that like you said mitzi mm. mastering I yeah. want to make a sound as as loud as that so I try to get to it so and it's and it's something that's very important for producers you know like they should have a reference track you know when you're doing the mixing and the mastering the part of this project you know yeah can, I never. Like uh, mixing and mastering, like that's honestly not like an area uh, of mm, like producing that I 
understood very much until like very recently because I just like thought like mastering I thought of it as like just putting a limiter on your master and then like ozone mm -hmm. and something but like mixing and mastering it just like refers to like the whole process like where you put certain sounds uh in the mix you know and I think uh if I would get into like my personal tips for people it's you should mix uh especially if you're on like a headset like mine mm. which is like yes. a, a gaming headset that i got like before i even got into like uh music production and stuff like that it's not exactly made for you know for music production right so you should mix also a lot with your eyes so like you know just put eqs uh on everything or on the master and just like where there's like a lot of like frequencies or harsh frequencies or or like compare that frequency spectrum to like a reference track mm. or a track that you like a lot you know and just see like with your eyes where like certain frequencies are placed and that yeah. like gives you a very good idea I, so that's what i would say no definitely i agree with you that and you brought out a very important in, uh, information about you know mixing with the headphones I also like to mix with uh, with my headphones, but my headphones are made of um, studio headphones. Yeah. Like, it's very important, you know, because there's a huge difference when you listen to these headphones, which are gaming headphones versus studio headphones. And I tell this very a lot. Well, not that often, but when people ask about when it comes to mixing on headphones, it's like the difference is like on a gaming headphones, everything is already enhanced. Yeah, exactly. Like uh, you have an alternated like uh, sound yeah. like that you hear. It's like uh, processed already. It's not yeah. a neutral like uh, curve, you know. But actually, uh, like studio headphones like tend to be a lot like you EQ. know, like like balanced, like a lot more balanced. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, gaming headphones definitely are are like yeah. not balanced at all yeah exactly that's why i tell people it's like if you're gonna mix properly mix with some studio headphones and some of these good a good studio headphones can cost you a hundred dollars a yeah, very exactly. good one and they last for like for yeah, years and years and years you know like yeah, you can like you can yeah, get speaking of that you i'm actually you know like getting new ones so yeah in like oh. a few days oh. so yeah that's awesome so finally you know you can mix i can yeah <laughs> yeah what headphones are you are you got yourself so yeah i'm getting the buyer the dynamic uh 770s the dt pros so oh. they're like they i see them a lot like so many people wear them and mm. people just say they're built like a tank and they last you such a long time you know and they're honestly like you know they're gonna last you a long time and That's apparently cool. you don't need yeah. to like upgrade and stuff from that so yeah, that's very important for me right now. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, I I actually use the Sennheiser headphones. Those. Oh yeah, really I love as well. I love Sennheiser, yeah. man. Like I've I have been using Sennheiser for almost seven years or more. So I love I love them. Mm -hmm. I love that they're pretty good, amazing, and they last long. You know. So yeah, the guys, like those are the headphones that we recommend you using when you're do when you're. If you're deciding to mix through the headphones, these are studio headphones. Now, the reason why we tell people like it's better off to mix on your headphones than, than it is on your monitor speakers is because um, most of the time we don't have a soundproof room 
to mates. Yeah, that's what I heard as well. Like yeah. that you before you're like thinking of getting like actual studio speakers, you can you like also need to think about the room. Yeah. Because if you apparently, you know, uh, have a bad room, like the sound is gonna get like washed out and it's exactly. not gonna sound good. Exactly. Yeah. That's why that's why like when I'm when I'm making music, I don't mind using my monitors because I'm not thinking about mixing it right now. I'm just creating something but once i'm finished with my product and i need to start listening carefully of what i want to mix that's when i go with my headphones and mix and master from there you know mm. and and my room my room itself is is acoustic but it's not acoustically perfect like it, mm. it, it i can only get as far as i can get from what from what you see you know yeah. that's as far as i can get to make it a little bit more acoustic but it's not perfect it's not balanced enough for me to, to for me to be comfortable enough to mix with my with my monitor speakers i can definitely listen to stuff from my monitor speakers i can listen to music i can i can create music but if i rely on that to mix about it or use it as a reference no 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 i'd rather get my mm. my my headphones and then do it from there you know so so guys yeah. like if if you got that mentality like remember start with some studio headphones it's gonna get it along way better for you in the future and of course you don't have to spend hundreds hundreds of dollars on sp speakers you know mm -hmm. like if your room itself is not cut off for that like you don't need to do that you can just basically buy yourself a nice pair of uh, studio headphones and you can be doing that for for years and years and years until let's say like because of it you got yourself established and now you got a bigger, bigger, bigger money to spend, then yes, yeah. then you can actually yeah, exactly. build your studio, you know, but, be, but right now in the beginning, that shouldn't be your priority. Like, uh, yeah, like spending a lot of money on like uh, actual stuff, like you don't yeah. really need that much. Yeah, like exactly. honestly, like uh, when you speak of like uh, releasing like music, uh, like getting it on like uh, actual like stores, like Spotify and iTunes and Stuff like that like i use a free distributor that's called amuse and it's like actually mm. like completely free that and there's like you know some disadvantages obviously right. because you know they obviously need to make money somehow so like it takes if you like submit a song with a cover art you know already finished and they and you submit it it takes a whole month to actually get out into the stores and all that stuff you know so that's like a, a little tedious thing but uh it's completely free so like yeah. that was kind of my strategy just to like get my stuff out there first you mm -hmm. know this year just to kind of break out you know uh right. use a free distributor don't like stress it that much hopefully people like notice me you know which i think i succeeded at least in some way absolutely yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah and you know next year i'm hopefully gonna start like getting into like maybe getting into like a distro kit like subscription or right. something it's thinking of that like today i mm. actually got like a trial for splice and it's actually yeah i'm kind of liking it like you know everybody Splice. Splice yeah. is the best. Splice yeah, saves, it's, it's really good. Splice yeah. saves all of my projects into the cloud. Unlimited. Oh, yeah. Like everything. It's like, unlimited? 
It's unlimited. Like, it's it's because it's ooh. a cloud. Because like let's I have like three different computers that I use for saving my projects I'm Ableton, you oh. know. So I got a I got two laptops, which is right here in my home base, in my home. And then I got one iMac that is in my workplace, which I produce there. So anything that I wow. do here, yeah. it'll be safe. And I gotta go to work. I can open up the session from there and continue on. And then I can save it whatever is over there. And I can come back here and work it again without bringing my laptop to work. That's how good Splice is. And and it's free. It's free. The The whole saving part is free. Now, if you want to pay mm. like uh, the plan, which gives you like a, like um, credits for you to get um, samples, that's mm-hmm. different. So that's like you pay like $13 Whoa. a month and you get unlimited credits. Unlimited, um, Unlimited samples, whichever samples you want, mm-hmm. depending on how many credits they give you per month. Every month is like 300 credits. So let's just say that there's a sample pack from Disciple. You want to get download a specific, a, a very specific sample that you want because that sample is like, is what you'd be looking for. You can look for it and say it's like one credit or three credits and you could just download it individually. Or you could get the whole entire sample pack for a thousand credits or something like that, depending on how, how many how months you're doing it. So it varies. And and as well, the, the cool thing about Splice is that um it has the rent to own plugins like for yeah, Serum like and Ozone. Yep. It's thanks to that I was able to own Ozone 8. <laughs> thanks to I just paid 20 bucks a month until I finish it, until I finished paying it. And I got Ozone 8 to myself, man, without spending like $400 like that, like blah, you know, without mm-hmm. spending $400 like that uh, uh, from the moment, you know, not, not 2020. And if you feel like you cannot pay n- this month's um subscription, you can just pause it and then you pay it back the next month. Yeah, like, yeah, I like I obviously knew like about the credits and uh, samples, but like, uh, I had no idea that they had like an unlimited storage thing. <laughs> like, that's completely like you're saying it's completely free. It's I mean, it's, I've been or, I've been a splice like, uh, a splice um member for since 2015. And yeah, so and yeah, it, because it, like, <laughs> and if you if you see all, I, I can screenshot you. I, there's like at least hold on. I have I have splice right here on my other on my other laptop. Right now you can see there's like at least a good two hundred projects or so in saved into the cloud that I can just any given time I'll open it and it will open for me. Yeah, because like all like all the time like I'm ex- like anxious that. Uh, I'm gonna have like a hardware failure or something, and I'm gonna lose my project. Oh like, man! I have like an offline backup, like a hard disk that I can, that I like every month, like I upload my most important stuff to. But like, uh, I've always, I'm always anxious about it, and uh, like I've been like thinking about getting like a external hard drive. Uh, uh, no, like uh, yeah, I already have that, like that I upload to, but like. Uh, I think cloud-based storage for this sort of stuff is like way more reliable because you don't have to think about it like at all. And (laughs) yeah, so after we end this, like I'm going to instantly like going to check that out because like, yeah. Do it because (laughs) it has happened to me in which um, I had a laptop, a MacBook Pro, MacBook Pro that has 
its hard drive failed on me. And I was in the middle of a session and it failed on me. And it's all thanks to the cloud that I have all my projects saved up there. And all I had to Mm. do was reinstall everything, reinstall the samples and whatnots and plugins, open up Ableton and then open up the session and boom, my session is there where it was last saved. So it has happened mm. to me before. And that's where I, I encourage people yeah. like, yeah, you should have used Splice a lot more. Like you should, guys. Yeah. Um, let me ask you, when you're actually making music, do you believe in in the term of writer's block? And oh, yeah, definitely. What do you do yeah. when when you have writer's block? So, yeah, uh, like when I like hit like a wall and I'm not like getting anywhere. Uh Hmm. So like there's a lot of uh, tips like a lot of people give uh, that are always like kind of in the same realm, which Hmm. is basically just do something else. So, you know, so I think the one of the best things uh, would be probably working out uh, or doing something physical because that's kind of uh, a thing that kind of takes your mind away like completely uh, from like music or doesn't have to be working out working out is just like a thing you could do you could do like something else uh, that you like it's basically anything you know you just just not making music that's it or if you still want to like work on something and mm. you know you want to push through it again as i said before making like uh like adding more samples to your like library yeah. or something just like making melodies, pads, you know, messing around with like certain types of sounds, trying to create something new, not like trying to push out an idea uh, and a song, Mm. but just like uh, making like small little one shots or something, loops. Yeah, exactly. So that helps kind of ease you out or just take a break, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah, I find myself a lot just like, uh working on a project like getting like being at that moment where i'm like so into a project like i can sit for like eight hours and just not eat anything drink anything and just like be in that zone uh, of just like uh creating stuff (laughs) but yeah yeah that's yeah that's probably what what i would like suggest i do agree with you on that because you know when when writers black do hit I tend to step away from what I'm doing and start doing other stuff. Like I will go and do do my hobbies or I spend time with my fiance or my family and friends or I play video yeah. games or I play oh, yeah. Yu-Gi-Oh. I play um I I I I go out, eat, I go, yeah. you know, do I do other stuff. I do other stuff that makes me happy that, you know, steps away from what I was doing and when I'm doing all the stuff it's where my head hits up and go king. It's like, oh my God, I know what to do now. I can go back to the project mm. and do this, you know? Yeah, so that's, that's really good. Like, but yeah, uh, for me, honestly, I think sometimes I find myself like, uh, uh, you know, being at that wall, like, mm-hmm. you know, having a writer's block and not really like being very frustrated with it. And then like, uh, you know, like doing something, then I'd like do something else. Like right. maybe I play video games as well, mm-hmm. you know, just to chill out and just take my mind off stuff. 
but when you when i find myself you know taking like a few days not like even opening ableton yeah. that's when i you know sometimes personally like get anxious at myself like you know you know you could be making stuff right now but you're not and i think that's very uh, bad for myself because you know it's like putting a standard for myself you know like that i have to keep making stuff but then uh, that can also like fry your brain in a sense right. so it's okay to take breaks and you know not think about uh, making anything even also even just uh, listening not just listening to edm like i don't just listen to edm like i listen to a lot of like rap like old school mm, stuff yeah, yeah. just helps. to just to take your mind off yes. like the entire you know thing now so, when, yeah. it, when it comes to sound designing do you believe that sound design should be an a it is a luxury or a necessity for a producer uh-huh. so what would mean like a luxury luxury like luxury as of like it's like it shouldn't be a mandatory it's like uh, i know about sound design i i can do it if i want to but it's not like the main focus of my thing you know and necessity is like oh no ne- it's it's important it's a necessity for a bass producer to to know sound designing to do all this stuff oh yeah i think sound designing like you cannot think of uh producing like this sort this sort of genres I think uh, that I'm kind of into without, uh, you know, learning sound design as much mm-hmm. as you can, because honestly, like, uh, like it's, it's just, it's absolutely a necessity because like having your own defined sound design is, uh, like one of the most important things, mm-hmm. uh, to differentiate yourself, which is why I think again, the sort of genre. Uh, like dubstep and the subgenres of like color bass and stuff like that i'm really into uh sound design uh is an absolute like necessity to have down right. and d- definitely uh dubstep in general has a uh, sound design like uh it's very sound design heavy like yeah. you need to know a lot of stuff whereas like other genres you don't need to like focus maybe on sound designing like as much, but dubstep is definitely like up there. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we mm-hmm. got a few more questions and we can wrap this up, my man. Yeah, sure. um, why is it that you decided to name yourself Navets? <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> kind of not a question I can definitely answer because it's like how I I think. Uh, I just thought it sounded cool when I was like uh, 12 or something on the internet. And I just like, you know, uh, thought to myself, why not (laughs) call myself Navex or something? Mm -hmm. And it just kind of stuck with me. And when I, that's kind of what I've been called like online by my friends and all that stuff, you know, the kind of my nickname. And when I started doing music, I thought to myself, why not like uh, bring this uh into you know into music as well like why right. would i make a new like name you know <laughs> just keep it the same <laughs> why not why not man and uh, it also like it's very unique i'd say yeah because like if you search up you know navex uh if you know like actually how to you know write it 
which would be a different problem. Like you're always gonna see only like, you know, me on Spotify, which is like a big advantage, I think. Yeah, I agree. definitely have a good artist name. <laughs> I agree. Um, I'm pretty sure I know the answer to this one. Um, but what has been your greatest accomplishment up to now? So I think definitely uh, being noticed by uh, the, you know, my biggest like inspirations uh, and the reasons like why I do this sort of stuff, uh, which would be, you know, like a virtual riot, you yes. know, noticing me, like uh, tweeting me, which was awesome. Or like sharks actually like uh, kind of roughly like knows me. You know, he noticed my even when I like for the first time ever like uh, put out my single and I just sent it into like Discord promo channels and stuff like that. Like also like throat uh, under it. Like uh, like if he was asking like if I was a new alias or something. That is pretty cool and that was like a. Wow, like, holy crap, like, what? Like, I just wanted to, you know, like, put something out, you know? Right. And, uh, like, come out with, like, a bang, like, uh, something that I was very proud of, you yes. know, just not rush it. And to get actually, like, noticed, that was very awesome to see. And obviously, you know, uh, the, 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 the Disciple competition, you know, basic second, that was awesome. You know, I, th that brought uh, quite a lot of people in. And also finally actually getting accepted uh, for a label release. So I'm very uh, looking forward to that in 2022. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. let's go. So that was actually uh, uh, something similar to what my next question what was about to ask, which is what are you currently doing and what do you hope to accomplish by it? Yeah, so I honestly uh, am that like set on... Uh, making music mm. like uh like forever like not not like forever like till i maybe die but like uh i want this to be my main thing you know yes uh i want to obviously you know finish education and stuff mm -hmm. like that but just that's good music i wanna i want to pursue it all like forever time, you know and yeah it's just I, I have this hunger just to be like the best you know just like keep working just you know create just a new stop. sound that no one has you know made right. and just yeah differentiate myself and maybe hopefully in the future make this a living or something it should be awesome yeah absolutely it's a man. dream that's dream, a dream man. i hope you yeah. actually get it man i'm rooting <laughs> up for you brother so one last question and we can end this yeah let's just say that you're walking down the street And then all of a sudden, a UFO comes out of nowhere and some aliens appear and they say to you, Navets, we need your help because you and only you are the only person that can help us right now. So let's go to the ship right now. But before you do, let you know that we don't know when are you coming back. So here's a piece of paper. Write three pieces of advice that you give to somebody. What are those three pieces of advice? So th that is just a uh, general advice. Yeah. Not EDM related, just it, general advice. It could be EDM, it could be general, it could be both, it could be one. Like what what would you give? So like I don't have like much time to think about this, but what 
instantly like comes to mind mm-hmm. is just you know uh keep your mentality just if you want to achieve something and you're that set on you know doing that just keep doing it like no matter what anyone says just keep going don't de- get discouraged and just keep going yeah so that would be uh one thing and also mm-hmm. god damn <laughs> that's a really hard question no god damn. It, it really yeah. is i honestly think that's like the only thing like just keep going just keep doing yourself okay <laughs> Can, do you ask this question like everyone to uh, everyone everyone Yeah. And everybody gives me the um, different advices on it. And like mm. it's it's pretty cool because everybody has different ways to tell me like, you know, do this and do that. Like, don't do this and do that. But they're all good. They're all good. But it's just different. Everybody. I know everybody tells me the same thing. That it's like very it's a very difficult question to answer. I'm like, well, I mean, that's why I give you the questions, man. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm sorry that I didn't <laughs> deliver. <laughs> On all the on the entire question because you know like i obviously like uh hope that i like didn't uh like you know obviously english isn't you know my main language and i hey. just i don't usually speak it you know right and i don't think i exactly like worded all of my thoughts here you know hey, exactly man, as i would but it, it's okay i just man. hope that you know at least someone like uh take something from this and yeah absolutely hey that. man english is not my first language either so oh, wow really i i honestly my, wouldn't think so uh, my because. my my first language is spanish because oh, really? uh, because in puerto awesome. rico the the island the island of puerto rico will, uh, is all spanish uh language it's all hmm. spanish so we're considered to be latinos or hispanics you know so it's all spanish related you know It's, English is my second language and I learned it in, in Puerto Rico as well but yeah my first language is not English either and the fact oh, that yeah. you that you tried and and came over to the show and and did your best on speaking English which by the way you actually spoke pretty good for someone who tells me that it's not their first language mm-hmm. you actually did a great job man so I'm happy yeah. for it I'm happy that this show was able to happen. I'm happy that you came over and we were able to get to chat each other and talk about all these cool stuff, man. So we're going to wrap this up right here, man. Um, Navets, thank you so much for coming in over to the show, man. It's an honor and privilege for you to come over. And you're a friend to the show, so you can come back again whenever you feel like it, man. That's awesome. Yeah, thank you so much. I never would have expected to be approached by uh someone like you and yeah no of course man It's awesome and i'm 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 happy that was your first man and i'm happy that you managed to say that um before we leave um plug yourself out let the people know where they can follow you and what they can hope from you in the future okay all right so yeah you can find me uh, pretty much on every like social uh you know platform like instagram yes twitter youtube i am all there on youtube i have uh some visuals for my earlier songs so you can check those out mm-hmm. because why not why not they're awesome yes <laughs> <laughs> and uh uh definitely follow me on soundcloud mm. uh because that's uh kind of my main thing you know it's very under you know like an area where a lot of underground artists you know come up absolutely so that's awesome definitely follow me there 
and Spotify. Uh, definitely stream my releases on all the stores yes. if you can. Yeah, and that's probably everything. Yeah. All right. What What can they hope awesome. in the future? More music? Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. This is just the beginning. Just this the beginning. Boom. Oh, yeah. That's the just the beginning, guys. You already heard it. Thank you so much, Navets, for coming over to the show. Thank you guys for listening. And remember, every week is a brand new episode with a brand new topic. So always remember to like and subscribe and hit the bell of notification at youtube.com slash the lone wolf podcast or lonewolfpop.com. That's lone W-O-L-V pop.com when you can check all my latest episodes. You can also check that um the audio versions of it at SoundCloud, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and Apple Podcasts at The Lone Wolf Podcast or Wolves and Music. Comment down below. Let me hear your thoughts. Share your experiences. If you guys got a specific topic that you want me or Navets want to cover, please let us know on the comments down below and we'll do our best to try it out and cover it on the next episode. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you guys at the next one. Deuces. Deuces.